0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, come one, come all, gather around because we have a very special guest on today's episode. We're joined by star Rangers defenseman, Mr. Tony D'Angelo. Tony has played the last three seasons with the Rangers after being drafted 19th overall in the 2014 NHL entry draft by the Tampa Bay Lightning. This season, Tony finished fourth in points amongst all NHL defensemen and 12th in Norris Trophy voting. He's otherwise known as Tony D. And with that big introduction out of the way, How you doing?
2: Thanks for having me on, boys. Doing good.
1: All right. So, um, pleasure having you on. You're actually the first roster player we've gotten on the pod. So, uh, congrats to you, inaugural player.
0: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully the first
1: of many.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
1: Yeah, so uh, take me back to the beginning uh, when you started playing hockey. I know you you grew up in uh, South Jersey. So, kind of like take me through the journey um, and how you got to the NHL.
2: Yeah, we all, um, most of the guys in my area, especially in the South Philly, South Jersey area, we all played in the same, uh, in the same rink growing up. My brother played there with uh, Johnny Gaudreau, and I played there with Johnny's brother and stuff. We had uh, the Robinson brothers at Hollydell, so we've had a lot of guys come out of there. We all started there, basically. After uh, I was done playing there, maybe Squirt Minor or whatever it was, I went to... Uh, Mercer Chiefs, which is just a little bit north, like towards the Trenton area, and obviously I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. And uh, played almost five years there. Went to went to the USHL after that, OHL, and then obviously started playing pro after that with Tampa Bay system and Syracuse. So pretty uh, pretty straightforward run. Obviously from going to the USHL, to the OHL was a big decision, skipping college, but uh, was trying to get more used to a pro style schedule and um, kind of fast track myself to pro hockey. So. That was my decision. There
1: was that always your plan to go uh, juniors, or, or did you want to go college? Or
2: no, I, I got to be honest, I had no idea what juniors even was <laughs> when I was, you know, growing up. I didn't even know what the OHL was. I was in the USHL and um, I played in the USHL as an underager. So as the year went on, I started to hear about the OHL a little bit, but I didn't know, you know, where the teams were, who was a good team, anything like that. I wasn't following it too much. Mm-hmm. I had. Uh, you know, started to take call. The team started to call me and stuff, and I didn't know, you know Sudbury. Well, this team, that you I don't know who any of them were. So then we started doing some research, and uh, like my agent, obviously started letting me know what was going on. And I was in Cedar Rapids, which I really liked at the time. But uh, I was a late birthday, so I had to wait three more years to go to college. I was committed to play at BU, and I would have played for Quinny, obviously there. But uh, I was a late birthday, so I was going to have to play three more full years, I believe, in the Charlie before I was even ready for college where if I played three years in the OHL, I would have been getting drafted. So it kind of was a uh, no-brainer for me there.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that doesn't sound like a really good option for you.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so you grew up in, in Seoul, New Jersey, and that's pretty close to Philadelphia. So I'm gonna just going to take a wild guess and say that the Flyers were your favorite team. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, but all Philly sports. So obviously all besides Philly. the Flyers, I'm still, uh, still with all the Philly teams. I know you love them birds. Yeah. I like the Eagles. <laughs> I, uh, I was, I, I like basketball. Yeah, I like the Sixers. But I was never a, uh, a crazy basketball fan growing up. I was kind of, yeah, I like it, but, uh, more of a baseball and football fan.
0: Right. Right. So who is your favorite player
2: on the Flyers growing up? Uh, a couple. I liked Fronger when Fronger was there. I liked Forsberg. Forsberg was my favorite players of all time. I liked him when oh, yeah, he was, he was on the Flyers and, uh, Jeremy Roenick, you know, it kind of went like from, uh, from team to team, so we had Ronald there for a couple of years. I liked him, and then Forsberg took over, and then Pronger. So, and after that, I was kind of really getting ready to get uh, to get drafted and stuff. So I stopped following it as close as I as I had in the past.
0: Yeah, those guys are all amazing. Forsberg, especially, he's like one of the best Swedish hockey players, probably the best Swedish hockey player ever.
2: Uh, I don't know. If yeah, that's definitely up- right. Definitely right. In the question, Matt Sundin. I think Matt Sundin's Swedish, isn't he? Yes, he is. Right there? he is. Yes, yes. You say it might be a little toss up there. That's close, though. That's
0: up for debate. Maybe you guys would talk about it on your podcast in a
2: future episode. <laughs> yeah, match the against Forsberg. All
0: right. So anyways, uh, uh, you, you said before that you went to the USHL and then you went to the OHL and you played well with Sarnia. I know you, on one of your episodes, uh, I was listening, you had a uh, former coach on. You were talking about uh, your experiences there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that, playing in Sarnia? Yeah,
2: I mean, we had, uh, my first year, we kind of had yeah, I don't know if you guys know, Nathan Bullio plays for Winnipeg. His dad was our coach, yeah. and he had just got hired from London, and we tried to put together almost a power team because we had Yakupov and got Chenyuk, who were supposed to go possibly one and two in the NHL draft. They wound up going one and three. And, um, you know, we had those two guys. Gally, unfortunately, got hurt at the beginning of the year, so we didn't really have him. But uh, we had Connor Murphy. We had a lot of uh, a lot of guys, and we traded the whole team in the summer just about. from Like when I got drafted until the season started, they flipped the roster, and then we flipped it again during the season and wow. we were really, we were a good team, but we kind of like, I think we used up all in, in the OHL what you have is trade cards. Like you're going to have so many moves, you call cards. And I'm pretty sure we moved. I'm pretty sure we used almost every single card. Like we, we flipped that team twice because then we needed a goaltending and we traded Brett Ritchie for goalie. It was a whole big thing. And you know, our first year we, we had championship aspirations there and we lost in the first round to uh Saginaw. Brandon Stodd was playing on Saginaw. Then him, Vinny Trocek were uh, were Saginaw's top guys, and they dominated the series. So oh. after the first year, we kind of traded all our picks. And I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the OHL how it works. We traded all our picks, and when you don't have picks, you really can't stay good for a long time.
1: Yeah. Without selling, know, if, yeah.
2: You know. So the next year, we probably should have sold and rebuilt and traded all our veteran guys, but we didn't, and we tried to go on another playoff run that failed miserably in the second year. But I think it was, it was kind of we had a bad luck, too. Connor Murphy, who we were probably going to trade because he was one of the top D in the league at that time, uh, went and played World Juniors. We were supposed to trade him probably four World Juniors, and then he tore his ACL in World Juniors. So, you know, he would have taken back. He would have got us back a big chunk of pieces. So not selling in year two. Then my draft year in year three, we were the worst team in the CHL. You know, um, and that's just the way it goes when you don't have any picks. So it just happens to all kinds of teams. So the organization itself was great, but my, you know, we we struggled to win games, obviously my time there and my fourth year, my year that I wound up leaving the team and get traded to the deadline. We started to, you know, we got our picks back. We had a first overall pick. We had Jacob Chikrin who was real good for us as rookie. Pavel Zaka was with the Devils, So we started to really put some nice pieces together and um, become a real good team. But they did the right thing. Obviously they had to trade me and they had to trade a couple other guys to, you know, build back all them picks that we didn't get the years before. So I was there for three and a half years. Then went to, um, Sault Ste. Marie to finish it off. We lost in the conference finals to McDavid and Dylan Strom to and it Oh any oh, so, no chance! Uh, <laughs> now, you know what? We were probably the better team to be honest with you. We had a ton of guys as well. We had Nick Ritchie, Darnell nurse, myself, Justin Bailey,
1: Oh, we wow, had a okay. Jared
2: McCain, we, our roster went on for, for days.
1: Oh, wow. So we had a real
2: good team It was a real good series, but you know, it took me three and a half years to really get deep into the playoffs. So that was disappointing, you know, was, uh, finishing off the way it finished off, but overall, I mean, you play 68 games a year, you get ready for the pro schedule. And, uh, obviously college would have been fun. You know, I have so many buddies that that went to college and guys I played with, that went to college and loved it. I would have probably enjoyed getting the opportunity to do that, but you know, I made a decision and I'm sure, uh, college would have been fun but i had a good time in the uhl too and uh, it worked out
1: yeah 100 percent. i think it set you up well too but that ca- sounds kind of crazy like just players like going everywhere all across the country is that how all the teams are or just like really uh just sarnia uh
2: no you know we we moved we were really trying to uh sarnia has been around for a long time they've always been an average team mm-hmm. good ownership obviously they have new ownership now with darian hatcher and stuff and uh Good people running the team, but just for some reason, you know, almost like a curse, we're never able to get over the hump. So the new guy came in, the new coach, uh, obviously Trevor Litowski took over, the guy I know you're referring to in my interview. He took over the third year. He took over – he was the assistant to first two. And he took over when we had nobody left. He got put in an impossible position So and did a yeah. pretty good job. But, um, no, I think they were just trying to make a you know, run. You know what I mean? The city never got a conference final appearance or anything, and they – my first year there, I happened to be part of it when we traded. Had the team twice, so it was uh, it was a crazy thing. It doesn't happen all the time. Usually teams make trades at the deadline. That's it. And uh, you know, a couple teams a year go for it, but we tried a little bit of a different method. It didn't didn't work out for it. us.
1: <laughs> it's all uh, you live and you learn, right?
2: Yep, they did.
1: Um. So after after that, you 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 got drafted to Tampa, and can you kind of walk me through the kind of experiences you got in Tampa and Arizona early in your NHL career that kind of helped set you up for playing on one of the biggest stages in the hockey world here in New York.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, Tampa Bay and played for the lightning. I was there for preseason, mm-hmm. obviously around a lot of good players, a lot of stud players, obviously. And uh, you get to see those guys in, in camp and training camp. And it opens up your eyes a little bit to what the league really is like. But, um, I wound up going back to the OHL my first year and the second year I played in, um, uh, so I think it was, yeah, the second year I played in Syracuse. After that, I came back, I sent down, right. went to Syracuse. And, uh, but you got to see those guys. I mean, you got to be Steve Eiserman was obviously in charge. and You get to, you know, see a guy like him and talk to a guy like him who was a Hall of Famer, one of the best players of all time. So, um, you know, it was a, a good experience to him. It didn't last long for me, I think. Um, I was there just for a year in Syracuse, never got called up or anything. So, there wasn't much of an experience in Tampa besides, you know, learning the pro game in the AHL. Mm-hmm. But, uh, real good organization. I was, uh, you know, they drafted me, so i always be uh, grateful to them. But, um, not much happened there, to be totally honest with you. I never, you know, never played a game with a team or anything like that. So, go to Arizona. And, uh, Arizona was my real experience, you know, four years from last night, actually, November 8th was my first career game there. And um you know, I had a lot of good friends on that team. We had a lot of a lot of young guys, which was nice. Tampa was more of a veteran team, and and they've been together for so long. Obviously, now I don't know. It's probably been probably eight years that team's been stuck together, seven oh, years yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, Arizona was a lot of young guys, a lot of guys my age, a lot of rookies coming in the league. So we uh we were all real close. You know, in the ring, out out of the ring which was really nice, and I loved Arizona, the, the state itself, living there, Scottsdale was unbelievable, um, unfortunately, it wasn't the best, you know, fan base with the the rink situation and stuff, and I think there would be a great fan base if the rink was in Scottsdale, but it's just the way it goes, you know, it's yeah. hard for people to get to from Scottsdale to Gill River down there, And uh, but a great, uh, great time I had that year, and then obviously I got traded in that summer, which was a big surprise for me because i thought i was going to be in arizona long term that's just the way of the business right so uh, yeah. you know come to new york and then to me at the, the big stage doesn't really matter to me it doesn't matter if it's new york or arizona or carolina or toronto it doesn't you know i just felt as if my game was going to progress i'd be fine mm-hmm. yeah
1: and we've been talking to a lot of younger guys as well um like austin rushoff hunter skinner guys that have been drafted the past couple of years um on the pod and they've been They've been saying, like, even, like, getting in training camps and stuff like that, seeing, like, what these guys can do, seeing what you can and can't do against, like, these pro players just helps a lot. So, um, even if you didn't play in Tampa, like, I'm sure you, you gained a lot of
2: uh, knowledge from that, too. Yeah, I think yeah. I gained knowledge that I could help young guys with now as well. To me, like, the, I was a pretty shy, as much as I don't seem like a shy guy now, I guess when you guys see me, you know, portrayed in the media and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah. it does take me a while to get uh, to get comfortable in places. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a big fan of new of new surroundings and stuff. I like to be comfortable. Once I'm comfortable, I'm as you know outgoing as it gets. But mm-hmm. I like to get comfortable. You know, I'm not just going to be the kind of guy to come into the locker room and start start yapping away and stuff, <laughs> especially if the locker room is not you know that I'm not a big part of. So for young guys now, like my first two years in Tampa in the camps, I was real nervous going to there. You know, wanted to wanted to pass the puck to if you're out on the ice in training camp with Stamkos or Kusha, you want to get the puck to them or. And I thought that, uh, that held me back a little bit, you know, in training camp. So now if I ever talk to a young guy, I just say, listen, you go in, you don't give a shit really. Who's, uh, who's out there You just play your game because that's how they're going to get to, to where they want to get to And Going, looking back on, I would like to do that more myself. I think maybe things could have been a little bit different at Tampa. Uh, I started doing it in Arizona, went to Arizona, had a rugby camp. I kind of just played my game. I said, listen, two years in, I got to get going. So I was, uh, advice for a young guy now for me would be just when you go into camp, you know, your respect, obviously you don't, you know, you don't act like you run the team or anything. I think uh, just be yourself and just play your own game. Don't try to change your game to, you know, to be nice to uh, a veteran defenseman that you're partnered with or a forward that you're in a line with, you know, just play. And I yeah. think it's hard for young guys. You know, It's hard to get in that personality and mm-hmm. that mindset going into it, but it's, uh, you see the guys that do it and succeed at it or the guys that get off the fast starts. Yeah. I think, but like, that would be
0: a good message for the Rangers up-and-coming defensemen like uh, Keandre Miller, Nils Lundqvist, Matthew Robertson, those guys.
2: Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Keandre Miller is going to have a big problem with it. He came into <laughs> our camp there and uh, he was really good. We had our <laughs> camp in um, going back to play the return to play. Yeah, you know he was there for I guess I don't know how long in New York two and a half three weeks. Real quiet kid. Star, I'm Sure, he was shy and you know nervous. We had been together the whole year, and then he just gets plopped in there yeah. for a camp. So I'm sure he was nervous. But I'll tell you what, on the ice, he was—he uh, sure didn't look nervous. He was really good. Big guy skates, moves the puck well. We did some scrimmages there that we were all, you know, even the guys like when we go, you go outside the rink, you talk about it you're like, wow, this kid's pretty good. And uh, you know, I, I bet you could have. It would have been tough for him. I don't even think he could have. He wasn't allowed to play just based off the contract and stuff. But uh, I, I would almost. Say he probably could have played the way he looked in those scrimmages, but uh, he was real good. So it'd be good for him. I think that was, you know, nice for a young guy like that to get to come into camp, uh, even though it was just a return to play camp and it was kind of like, you know, um, on the back end of the season we had. But he Mm -hmm. gets to come in now to his first ever real training camp and he gets to come in already comfortable. You know, he met the coaches now. He's seen the players. He was in the scrimmages. He knows, you know, he knows he could fit in. And now he gets to come in, smooth sail, and just get ready to go. So that's real nice for him. But the young guys, you know, uh, the other guys, I guess, you know, we'll see them at camp. I don't know what the camp's going to look like to share anything, but uh, as an older – I'm not an older guy on the team, but it seems like I am. <laughs> but uh, definitely tell the guys to, uh, you know, just be themselves and just play. We have a younger type of team, you know, a good group of guys, a lot of European guys, some North American guys. So, just got to come in. There's no – you know, there's really nobody in the locker room you need to be, to be shy of. Like, when you walk into a locker room like Tampa, like myself, you see – Uh, Victor Hedman was actually one of the nicest guys that I've ever seen in the training camp, but uh, just all kinds of big, big top end veteran guys you've heard about forever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we have some top end guys as well, but we're more of a younger team. We have some younger guys and and guys that are more, you know, closer to the age of these young guys. So it's, to me, I hope they're, I shouldn't hope we're going to try to make them feel comfortable. You know, the guys in the locker room, make them feel comfortable. And because, When they're ready to play it only helps our team get better right so the faster we're ready to play the better it is for us
1: that's awesome you're literally talking like a veteran nhl player right now and you're literally (laughs) 25.
2: like you're still one of the younger guys on the team too (laughs) i know i just i mean i've been in new york now for for three years so you kind of get used to the uh you know you kind of get used to what's going on around around the facilities and stuff you know the team so as much as I'm a young guy in the league it feels like I've been in New York for a good while now so going on year 4 i think there's only a few of us that have been there 3 or more years so it's uh you know we're almost not definitely not a veteran that's for sure but it still like i said it feels like it. yeah
1: it's uh, it's funny going back to your time in arizona uh, you were you were traded from tampa to arizona for a pick that turned out to be luber hayek as well did you do you guys know that or have you talked about that yeah all? i know i mean oh, yeah. i'm sure he knows too. we never
2: talk about it I, oh, okay. but uh that was that was a um you know i heard a lot about him before the draft you know because mm-hmm. i always look at the dress so of was coming up and i seen his name popping around but uh I kind of had an idea I was getting traded to Arizona before the draft even started. Gotcha. Uh, I was I thought it was going to happen on the first night, but then when it happened on the second day, I, it was actually caught off guard because I was told the night before it's probably off, so I wasn't even paying attention to it, really, and then <laughs> I, I told the story on the podcast how it happened. Yeah, um, yeah. I was I was watching the draft. You know, on the second day of the draft, I was eating breakfast, whatever the hell I was doing, <laughs> and I was watching, like they say we have a trade, Arizona and Tampa are going to make a trade with pick 37. And I said to my dad, I was like, how about that? I said, now they're making a trade. Not thinking it was going to be me at all. And then they show Steve Eiserman on the phone. And I look down and my phone's buzzing. And Steve Eiserman it is. So out the door <laughs> I went. But, uh, yeah, it was just like one of the weird things. And obviously I seen it was for Haji. Uh, but, no, it's actually a good question. We never talked about it, I don't think. Maybe we have, but I forget. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. All
1: right. Um, we're going to kind of segue into this year's playoffs. You talked about it a little bit with the return to play uh training camp you guys had but um how were the playoff experience for you um i know it was short-lived but that experience you guys got uh obviously a lot of the guys the first time they've been in the postseason so even if it was three games like you guys got a lot of experience under your belt those are hard fought three games um they could have went either way but um carolina got the edge
0: don't worry uh, about aho he's a great player tony
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah i think oh, no. uh, he
1: put you on blast that
2: was- no, it's all right. That's what happens. I'm sure it'll happen again in my career, but um, no, you know, they're a good team. They were in the playoffs year before. I think they had a good idea what they wanted to do and they weren't really phased. I don't think we were phased either. I just don't think we played the, uh, the way we were playing for the season ended. that we were a little out of sync. And uh, when you get out of sync that in a short series, I got to go pretty quick on you. And I think that's just what happened to us, but uh, good experience to see how a playoff game goes, how intense it is. I mean, Obviously you guys just watch on TV, but when you're on the ice and you feel the intensity, even with no fans in the rink, you could only imagine what it's like with uh, 20,000 people in there. So yeah. good experience, good start for us. But I think uh, definitely not. What we were hoping for, um, we're hoping that we get next year on the playoffs with 20,000 fans in the rink. I don't know if that's going to be possible, but that'd be, uh, that'd be our goal. And you have a little bit of an idea of what's going to happen. And then you, you know, try to change the result, but really not much to it. Quick three games. It wasn't, uh, wasn't you're hoping for as individual players, as a team, it just didn't, uh, didn't go our way.
0: Yeah. I, I hope the fans come back next year. That would be awesome. So obviously the Rangers got one of the, lo- the youngest locker rooms or youngest teams in the, in the league. And so that would probably have a big impact, especially against a team like Carolina. They went to the conference finals against the Bruins the previous year and last year. And then this year they, they beat you guys in, in, in three games. So, People have fallen in love with the locker room. I know I have. Kyriakos, you probably have. There's so many instances where it's just, you guys are so lovable. The mom's trip, Fox and Lindgren's uh, post-game interview combination. Lemieux, when he trolled this Kane's uh, stupid storm surge thing. And then every time you guys hand out the Broadway hat, you guys are cursing up a storm and it's just like a big censor. Oh my God, I love it. So it seems like the, the youngest guys have uh, come a long way personality wise it's like uh caco can you talk more about that how they've gotten more comfortable
2: yeah i mean i think one of the most important things is for any team is uh, a locker room you know the kind of the kind of locker room feel you have if you have a good locker room and guys are you know excited to come into the locker room and, and have a lot of fun in the locker room i think they play better so for those guys you know they uh they can be as comfortable as they want to be we don't you know, we're, we're trying to make them be more and more comfortable. They're shy guys or young guys, and they, uh, you know, get the language barrier and stuff as well. So they're coming along. They're coming along real good. I think Cac will be uh, another good year for him coming up because the second year is full season for him. Although I don't know if it's gonna be full season, but it'd be uh, just a second season. You don't have to worry about being a rookie now. You got uh, the Frenier's there now. He's probably going to take all the, he's going to take all the spotlight and the news articles and all that kind of stuff. For, uh, and then you'll just let Kako settle in and play. I think, uh obviously, you guys know how it is with the uh, media and stuff. You know, a lot of questions. I mean, how you feel when you're doing this? Is this going to change? What's that going to be? And uh, he's got all the tools, so I'm sure he's going to uh like taking a – I shouldn't call it a backseat. I'm trying to figure out how the way I want to put it here. But
0: uh, I uh you guys know saying. what I
2: mean with the friend yeah, taking, uh, taking all the spotlight from from everybody. And now that Kako is just going to get to play good hockey, and I'm sure he's going to have a – uh a real good second year, oh, and then for his, you know all the young guys the same way. They're just all getting more comfortable. You can see it in their games on the ice. The more comfortable they get, the better they play.
0: Right, yeah, that's that's a good point you bring up about like uh left uh taking the spotlight, taking the weight off of uh, Kako's shoulders. Uh, I don't know about you, Kyriakis, if you thought about that, but um, I thought about it, like maybe once or twice. Now Kako would go under the radar, and you know. Probably go a little bit more comfortable, be a little bit more comfortable playing the second year, just like Tony said. So uh, obviously, there's there's been some talk about uh, shifting a right-handed defenseman to the left side. There's there's only only two on the roster right now, uh, left-handed defenseman. I'm talking about is Lindgren and yeah. Brendan Smith, right? Um, and we were talking about comfortability, and you guys got a tight uh, locker room, so. They've asked, I've, I've heard rumors that they've asked you to play the left side. So if they do ask you to play the left side for whenever the next season starts, who do you, who would you feel most comfortable playing with? Playing with? Yeah, playing with.
2: Oh yeah, playing with, I care less, it doesn't matter to me. I, uh, playing the left side, I thought you were going to, playing the left side for me is, is not a big deal at all. Who I feel comfortable playing with, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't necessarily matter. I, I'm comfortable playing with anybody. Right. So whoever I... they decide to put me with, and. uh is fine with me, Obviously, you know, comfortability-wise, I was with Stalzy for a long time, so when you lose a guy like him, it hurts, and uh, we were good friends off the ice, obviously. So, uh, that kind of sucks when you lose a partner, a deep partner, and a good friend of yours on the team, but um, so, really, I haven't really played with anybody else, you know, much of uh, too much time. I played with Foxy a little bit, you know, left side, especially when we're down in games, and uh, and Schmitty, me and Schmidty played together my first year, too, in the league. I don't know if you guys remember, but um, no, it doesn't matter who they put us with. I think we're all all six of us. They don't care, whoever we play was fine. We just want to, uh, you know, get get some familiarity with the guy and and do the best we can for the team. Sounds yeah. like a real typical answer, but it really is truth.
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel I, honestly, I played defense growing up my whole life, um, and I loved playing on the left side. I'm a right-handed defenseman as well, but the only I literally hated. Being in the offensive zone and guys would like rim it around the boards, and I would have to like get there really quick and like put my back there, like get it on my backhand. I hated that so much. That's like the one downside. Yeah, to me,
2: I mean, that's uh, that's pretty easy. I like uh, I usually don't even mind picking up on the backhand because right. then you, you know, when you walk in the middle of the ice, see the whole ice. You oh, yeah, 100%. In front of you. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I love that. You about got, yeah. You got your forehand, your forehand's facing the net at all times, you do that. You can cut back. There's a lot of different things you can do offensively on the left side that I can't do right now on the right side, mm-hmm. and I have pretty good success offensively on the right side. So, from an wow. offensive standpoint, I it would only be better for me to be honest with you. But we'll see what happens. I'm not really uh, too concerned about it. All
1: right. Yeah. Um. Well, talking about a little bit about last season, you had probably your actually, yeah, you did have your best year, um, in your whole NHL career. You came up with fifty fifty points. Uh, most points since uh, Brian Leach, which is amazing. I know Joey always says 50-point defensemen don't grow on trees. So uh, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about, like, what do you think you need to do to replicate that success for next year and even to get better than that?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, I think I would have done better than it we only played 68 games, right? So I only played 60, still had 14 yeah, yeah. to go. So uh, I'm not worried about replicating. I'm not going to look at the, uh, the exact numbers. I think um, the way I play... We have good players on our team. Our transition game's gotten a lot better in the last you know, the last two years. You have guys like Panera and you have Stromer and Vika and I and and you we know, have more guys coming, LaFrenier and, and you know, the list keeps going. But uh Foxy on the offensive side of things is the point. But um it just to me offensively I'm not I don't know, it's hard for me to answer Like, cause I am pretty confident in my offensive side of the you know, on the offensive side of the puck point wise. So I think this has been a long time coming for myself in a sense. Like even last year I uh, you know, I thought I could have could have had more numbers. I didn't have the finishing touch like I had this year, and that, mm-hmm. you know, when that comes, you go from four goals to 15 goals. It's a big, it's a big difference. Right. The assists were almost on par in a sense. If you look at, uh, you know, the points per game and stuff with assists or assists per game, it's a little bit yeah. higher. So, I, uh, you know, when the goals start coming like that, and being in the good spots, and you know, the power play is good on our team. So, well, offensively, I'm not uh, I'm not too concerned about replicating anything. You know, I can't uh, I can't promise any number of points, but I think I'm going to be uh, just fine on that side of the ice. But uh, you know, all around game, you know, I like to get. I always say this; I've probably said it 500 times, but uh, defensively and trying to get better on that end, just continuing to improve. Thought I improved last year, even though most of the uh, most of the fans say I'm a fourth forward. I thought I improved. <laughs> uh, I thought I improved defensively last year, but maybe uh, that's just my opinion. So, I um you know, I'm going to continue to try to do that and keep the offense there. And I think it'll be uh, a good season whenever it starts.
0: Those are oh, yeah. probably the fans that are talking about Corsi and advanced analytics. <laughs> we don't care for those guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I trust me. You know, I say I actually do enjoy reading everything. I, I read a lot of stuff. So whether it's positive, negative, I like reading and uh, not even just about me, just in, in general. I, I read a lot of, uh, a lot of hockey based articles and hockey type of stuff and, you have a big crowd of the people that do that kind of stuff, and then you have a big crowd of the people that are against it. But I would say, more so, you have a crowd that's for it. But um, for myself, I do like reading it, lightly, but some of the stuff makes me laugh. So I kind of, uh, kind of I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I'll let you go right there.
1: <laughs> I said, I, I talked about this on our, on last week's episode, but. So I play club at, at, at my college right now, and literally, like, we play club, right? And, like, one of our team managers would come out with, like, this 15-page, like, spreadsheet after the game with, like, all this advanced analytics on a freaking, like, D3 club game. And we were like, dude, what is this? And we would look at it, and I'm like, yeah. I understand none of this.
2: <laughs> Listen, after a club game, you're looking to get a couple of beers, a couple a couple of girls, and that's, that's it, call it a night. Come on. Yeah, that page I mean, you could rip in half. I was <laughs>
1: <laughs> dude we would look at it and it was just like another language host. So we you're like nah
2: <laughs> but yeah, um, i'm not the, they yeah. can help listen they can help certain things can help at some time especially if it's individual stuff but uh so, i mean i think a lot of people forget that hockey is a five-man you know five-man game five-man unit mm-hmm. uh you know and uh to me analytics doesn't doesn't um doesn't send you hockey sense and to me hockey sense is the most important thing the game hockey iq patience hockey sense and your the little charts they like to show aren't showing any of that i'll tell you that for a fact yeah so that's 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 my stance on it
1: yeah i think i think it's more geared towards like individual like i mean even basketball like there's a lot of emphasis put on like individual players so i think it'll work in a sport like that but like in hockey it just doesn't make sense to me
0: plus there's the randomness
1: factor too with hockey that you have to
0: account for pucks bouncing off of players skates and stuff off the boards
2: yeah there's so many uh you know different things and variables that happen any different type of play like you said listen your stick snapped. snap they account for that does the computer go back and, and say well his stick broke that's why he <laughs> gave up you know the, there was a two on one the other way and then eight chances ensued after that when the guy didn't have a stick i wonder maybe they do you know what maybe they do but uh, i would probably tell you they don't so who knows but I can get into I can talk about that for eight hours, so yeah. I'll let all that go. All right,
1: we won't, we won't get you too <laughs> heated up.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, but I wanted to ask, what have you been doing like since the playoffs have ended? I know there's not much to do now, COVID season, but what have you been doing to keep busy, keep in shape and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I've been uh, you know, I've been working out every morning. I work out every morning at the same time. I have a group of guys that we train with and uh, everybody's waiting for their respective seasons to start. And then, uh, you know, skating three, two, two to four times a week. It just depends on how I'm feeling that week. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're bored. There's not a ton going on. You know, you can't do anything you'd really like to do. And at this point, I'm ready to go, at least for myself, I shouldn't speak for everybody. I'm ready to get back playing. I find it ridiculous what's going on. And um, I don't know how long we're going to wait. I know they're trying to do this in the right way. It's not the NHL's fault or any, you know, anything like that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, in New Jersey, I don't know if you guys live in New York, right?
1: I'm in New York. Chosen New I, live, I live near
0: Princeton. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so in New Jersey today, the governor comes out with more restrictions and, you know, no in-state hockey. I've been working with a lot of the local teams around here at the old rink I used to play at. And I got a good group of guys, you know, from all, from 06s through 2011 birth years that I've been wow. working with, skating on the ice, you know. So I helped them, uh, you know, or some of their practices and some lessons and stuff and whatever I got going on to, you know, to help the kids. Cause I, I like to uh, try to build, you know, build up the area again. I think the more better players we have coming out of this area – the better it is for you know all the hockey around and all the kids. So, trying to help grow the game a little bit. But even for these kids, I mean, nowadays today, no, no, in I think in-state travel is the only travel you can make to play hockey. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say hockey sports in general. You can't travel in the state, You know, so some of my young guys this week were in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for example. Now they can't do that. You know, there is no more little tournaments and stuff. You're talking about nine-year-old kids. So, that's uh, that's been frustrating. And you know, now obviously our thing is much more magnified because there's much more money involved and. And, you know, fans and arenas and owners, and they're going to have to make pay and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, but Mm -hmm. uh, it's just disappointing to see sports get canceled and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that we get to get a plan and get back to play as fast as possible because we're all waiting for it.
0: Yeah, that's true. I like, I like what, like everything you're saying, just giving back to the community and stuff with with the kids playing hockey is just great. Speaks a lot about your character, Tony. But uh, anyways, on to my next question. What made you start the podcast? I know that's something that you were doing before the playing round and then after during it and stuff like that. So most, that most athletes don't really start one until like after they retire, guys, guys like Pat McAfee, whose show is hilarious. Guy's spitting chiclets, biz nasty. And, uh, Rick DiPietro has been on the radio for a while now in 98.7. Uh, and he's awesome to listen to. So tell me what made you start the podcast.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know what? We had a lot of time on our hands. And uh, there was really nothing going on. We had talked about it before. I had talked about it with Stromer before. You know, Stromer just had a, a baby and stuff, and he married. A little bit different of a situation for him rather than messing around with a podcast. But uh, <laughs> he's come on a couple of times. But um, just in general, I like, you know, I like talking about sports. We, we've kind of – we're new to it, so we've kind of been messing around with it a little bit. You know, going back and forth, deciding how exactly we want to do it. And you got to remember, I can't uh, – I can't really – open up on a lot of things i'd like to open up about mm-hmm. you know as i'm playing right now and that's uh that's you know that's okay i think it'll get more interesting when i retire hopefully which is you know 10 years from now if we're still <laughs> if we're still going with it 12 years now i'll get a lot more interesting than this but we like talking sports we like um you know we like talking about football i'm a big football fan so i could literally sit there and talk about football for an hour every week but i think uh a lot of our fan base is geared towards hockey, especially Rangers hockey. So we try to do as much hockey as we can, and uh, you know we're still going along. Uh, going to try to mix up different things in it as we go here during the season. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably slow it down a little bit, and maybe do it once a month. I think my brother and uh, and Huff will take over a little bit during the season with the weekly episodes, and I could pop in as much as I can. But uh, you know, it's a good thing. We don't really, we're not to to make any. We don't care if we're making any money or anything. We just have a good time. I think people like it so far. They seem like they're liking it. So, oh, uh, yeah, it's you know, great. <laughs> yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, the more, uh, the more we could do, the more episodes we can put out, we're going to, we're not on like a, uh, you know, a business style schedule where, hey, we have to do this. This has to be done. We have to try to make, you know, we're kind of just doing it. Like last week, we didn't have an episode. There was a lot going on. The election was going on. So, mm. you know, nobody wants to listen to our episode this yeah. week. We'll wait a week. And, uh, you know, we'll put it, we'll put something on next week after all the sports events are done. And, like, hockey right now, there's not a ton going on. I don't want to bother too many guys. Guys are, you know, with their families and stuff in the summer, so I don't like to be too pushy with other players around the league. You know, I could probably probably get more guys on if I'd really wanted to. I don't like, you know, if the guy's busy or something. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bug him. But we have a good time doing it, like I said. So that's really, yeah. Uh, there's really not much to it. Same yeah, thing. I'm, I'm saying Same thing as you guys. Just like <laughs> yeah, sports, I mean, like talking about it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I think like your content's even better at that point because you're just like joshing around with your friends. Like people love hearing that stuff. So I yeah. think that's great.
2: Yeah, I mean, I try to keep it. We try to keep it PG thirteen. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of kids listening to it and stuff. So I don't like. Uh, I had told the guys to try to limit the, uh, to limit the cursing as much as we can because uh-huh. you know we're not a. We're I like Barstow. I think Barstool is great and all the stuff they do is great. But we're not, uh, you know, we're not spitting chickens. They do a great job of spitting chickens. But we're not spitting chickens. We're going to be F and this and that. So I know there's probably <laughs> a lot of kids that listen to it and stuff and and fans and that's not what they want to hear from one of their own players. So it's basically just sports talk. You know what I mean?
1: All right. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk a little about your contract. So first off, congratulations on the the contract. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it was an extremely team friendly contract, honestly. Um, But I think it was a really smart contract on, on your end as well, because it takes you two years to you're 27. I think that's when you're eligible to become a UFA. Um, and then you could get a huge payday then. I'm not sure the semantics of that now, but... I think it was a really good deal on both ends. Uh I kinda wanna know about you going through the contract talks because I heard that you have one of the best agents in the NHL and you like to do your negotiations up by yourself as well. So um is that true or
2: No, 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 definitely not true. <laughs> I um you know, I have my own opinions on things, obviously, which maybe are different than his sometimes, but I've been with my agents since I was fourteen. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, we've always found a way to be in agreement on everything he's he's, you know i think he's the best obviously i haven't had anybody else but uh i think he's done a great job for me personally we've uh you know we've had some hiccups along the way we had the the qualifying offer last year which obviously we didn't want but we had to take it. that's just the way it goes sometimes you look around the league this year with the with the coronavirus has caused a lot of guys to take deals like that so and i was fortunate enough to get a good two-year deal obviously we think uh might have been able to get a little more money um, but did it really matter going after, you know, two years? Not really, you know, it's talking right, about, right. you know, we don't know how much, who knows how much it would have been, but, uh, you know, the Rangers were fair, and we, we would try to be fair back to them, but uh, I definitely don't do my own contract just to make sure. <laughs> but um, I do, you know, I'm obviously like any other player involved in it as much as I can be, but I'm not talking to, you know, the team or gotcha. whatever, I just hear back and, I try to give my opinion. But, uh, no, I have two years, and I have one more year of restricted agency. Uh, and then I'll, okay. be a, you know, I'll be 26. I'm 25 now, but the season really was supposed to start, so it kind of goes by that. Uh, you know, Right now, okay. I should be 25 You know, uh, a quarter of the way into the season, so that's the way that one goes. But um, So, yeah, I'll be an RFA, and then I have one more year after that, and I'll be a UFA, hopefully not in UFA at all. Hopefully, I'll stay in New York for a long time, but uh, yeah, that's two years from now, so we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, contract-wise, I mean, I was happy to um, sign a two-year deal. I mean – Course, I would have liked to go longer. Everybody would like to go longer when you can. Mm-hmm. But uh, just the way the summer went, the summer for all the teams, well, you see how many, how many, I don't even know how many deals the past four years are given out, let alone, let alone three, too. Yeah, but uh, to true. get me, Stromer, Pepe back, two year deals, Jordy's on a two year deal, it's good for, I think it's good for the team, you know, to get four guys that were uh, a big part of the team back and all on two year deals, all on, you know, fairly friendly deals in a sense. So um, I think that's good for the team. It's good for us. You know, get some security as, as a player. And, uh, we're looking forward to you back. So, uh, like you
0: just said that, uh, your boys, Stromer and Lemieux, are back in New York, uh, two year deals. So, uh, wh- what do you think about the length of, of the deals? Do you think it had anything to do with yours? Two <laughs> years, two years, two years, kind of a coincidence, don't you think?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, what. from a team's perspective, it gives a team options. You know what I mean? I think they uh, they obviously had the leverage on us. So, um, it gives the team, like I said, any player. If you talk to the to the four of us, if we would have been offered a six year deal, we would have loved that, right? But yeah, uh, it gives course. the team it gives the team options to uh, you know evaluate what they can do a year from now and then two years from now as well without having any long term commitments and stuff. So it's all business. Everybody understands that. But uh, good on the team's part for being able to get us all done in two years. You <laughs> know, uh, you know, now that's we look to try to make it pay again in two years. This is just the way you got to look at it as a player, <laughs> as a team. You know, we're looking at it as a team, too, right? So yeah. everybody likes to stay in New York. Obviously, you won't make as much money as you can. But, uh, you know, if our two years all work out for all four of us or three of us or two of us or whatever it's going to be, everybody's, you know, pulling in the same direction, at least during those two years.
1: Yep, very true. What did you think of that video we made, the Wolf of Wall Street uh, rendition with you and, and the boys in there?
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys made it. It was a great video. My, uh, obviously my buddy, Lewis. Who Lewis is going to be coming on the podcast actually tomorrow. Oh, is he Yeah, He's, yeah I got to give him a shot, I'll give him a little trial run. But uh, <laughs> he had sent me that video before, and I thought he made it. And obviously, guys <laughs> see me comment. I think I commented on I don't know what post it was my the podcast or, but I think people don't understand that my brother and Huff and them guys and they run the the accounts. Everybody oh, talks okay. back to me on the accounts. Right, right. You know, so um, I see them. I, I read all the stuff, and sometimes they send me say, "Hey, is this okay to put out?" And I say yes or no, whatever. But uh, I see it all, but I don't run them. So when I seen that, I wasn't sure who. uh, I thought Lewis made, because Lewis has sent it to me. But in anyway, you guys did a real good job with that. I was laughing. A lot <laughs> of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people messaged me. Said it was a sick video. <laughs> who made it? And, uh, So sort we of gave you guys a lot of props. There.
0: It was it was Kyriakos's idea, and uh, one of my friends is a is a video editor. I mean, I make all the highlight videos on on our page. So I made the one of yours uh, of you, the one of Longquist and stuff, and. Uh, but I, I just couldn't do, just couldn't do that because I didn't have the, I didn't have the programming for that. So I was just like, "Here, man, just help us out with this." It was, you did a really awesome job.
2: No, you guys, it was real good. Give them credit. <laughs> Tell them I said good job.
0: Yeah, I will. I will. Don't worry. Yeah. All right. So uh, transitioning into the next qu- uh, f- uh, question that I have for you, uh, this one's a bit sad. How did the buyout of Lundqvist affect you? That was, that hit us home hard, even though we kind of expected it to happen sooner or later.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you hate seeing guys like him leave. You hate seeing guys like Salzy leave. It's just, but it's part of the business. So good guys. I mean, listen, Hank's had a long time in New York and done a great, uh, in One, of, in my opinion, the best goalie in franchise history in New York. So obviously it may yep. get some people to argue with you about Richter or Eddie Giacomo, but, uh, I'll take Hank. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but that's just me. But, uh, you know, I, I think for his situation, it doesn't really affect me much. You know, you hate losing a good guy, but I, I'm more of the sense I'm a player's guy. So for me, I say, well, you know, he's a great guy, but I want to, you know, you don't want to see him sit on a bench and, and this finally, or, you know, and this final You're in New York playing 15 games or whatever. You know. And yeah. uh, so it's good for him to go, go play in Washington. I think he could uh, help Washington. Hopefully he doesn't help him too much, but uh, <laughs> I think he could help. I think he could help Washington. I think he's still got a lot of game left, but uh, you know, you see it so many times around the league and, and with guys, so you kind of get tend to. As uh, sad as it is to lose guys like him and you know other guys along the way, it just uh, it's better off for him in the long run. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah, it's
0: hard for us too. Like as fans, uh, like we really,
2: really want. to – Oh, as a fan, listen. If I was if I was a fan, I'd be crushed because you know I, I'm sure like almost seventy percent of the people that Rupert Rangers are favorite players, Lundqvist. But as a player, you know when you're around it, when you're around it so much, you kind of like. uh you kind of are, are pulling for the player more than, you know, as a, you're not a, you know, we're not as fans rooting, but for you guys, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's brutal because you get a guy that you, you watch play for 15 years is, you know, look at the Rangers rink. When Lundquist's name's announced or the jerseys going around, it's, it's, it's a different field than most players anywhere in the league. So it's definitely, uh, it sucks for our fans, but it's good for him. So wish him all the best.
1: I mean, I even see it from his perspective as well, though, like, do you not think that he wanted to finish with New York? He definitely did, right? Like, so it Yeah, I'm like... sure he did,
2: but it's uh, business, right? You know, yeah. Igor's uh, going Igor's to take over to start a goalie spot, you would assume. So it's, uh, you know, I'm sure they, I have no idea what was talked about behind the scenes with the Rangers and, and right. Hank, but I'm sure they they spoke and stuff. So that's uh, that's none of my business, but um, I just think it's a good opportunity for him in Washington. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
1: All right, yeah. So, um obviously you talked a little bit about it with Stahl before, but um he was traded to Detroit. Um you played probably most of last season with him, I would say. Um so how did that kind of affect you and what kind of lessons did he teach you um last season?
2: Yeah, you know what, we played together for about a season and a half now. I think if you go down to the the season before we became partners and um, mm-hmm. it was it was tough losing him you know, much tougher than any other loss basically because we were so close and you know, we played together every game in practice together. We sat next to each other in a locker room and then, uh, you know, got real close off the ice. So it's uh, that one's a tough one because he's such a good guy. And when you're a partner with a guy, you get – it's just a little more – especially if you're good friends with the guy off the ice, it becomes even more of a bond. You because know, then you, when you're off the ice, you talk about uh, – on top of talking about everything else outside of hockey, you still talk about, you know, the, the partnership you have on the ice. It's like, a, you know, like a deep – pairing bond type of thing. So losing him, yeah, you know, I was caught off guard for sure. I wound up logging on to Twitter one night and, and I seen official you know, whatever. And um uh, disappointing, really good guy. But uh, you know, same thing for him. I think uh he's gonna have a good opportunity in Detroit. I listened to Steve Osman's interview about him and Steve Eisman spoke really highly of him and they were excited to get him. So it's uh you know, a little bit different of a scenario I think than Hank's but um it's just disappointing to see him go.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he was he's just as long on the range as Lundqvist was. So, I mean, as from a fan's perspective yeah, I just as think well,
2: that, you know, it's it's hard to for me to uh, to say exactly. It's oh, hard yeah, to explain that. what I'm trying to say, but I think you guys have an idea what I mean. No,
1: I get that. I get that. Yeah, cuz you want the best for the player, and I I see that as well. Like he he's got a good opportunity there in Detroit as well um to keep playing. So, he's going to get a lot more minutes there than he would have in New York. So, um yeah. Um so I, I kind of want to ask about what you, what the Rangers offseason has kind of told you as a player. Um, obviously, the, the couple moves that we talked about right here and also the signings of a couple um, maybe like AHL guys like Kevin Rooney, Keith Kincaid, Jack Johnson. Um, so what does that kind of offseason tell you about the, the direction of the Rangers um, going forward?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we had, uh, we had some cat concerns, obviously which any uh, any normal person can figure that one out. But um, that probably you know made the decision with the rookie bonuses, too. I'm sure you guys have read about that. Mm-hmm. That all comes into play when you're trying to make moves. So it's a weird summer for, for every team in the league. I think – I wouldn't say one team in the league, maybe outside of Toronto, was able to accomplish exactly what they wanted to do. Uh, might be able to throw Colorado in that mix, too. But um, – you know, for us we I think our team, you know, was getting a lot better last year and now we had, you know, basically keep a lot of the same team. You had a first overall pick. Um, you had a couple of veteran guys at the locker room and uh, who knows if we're done yet. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't. I guess we'll see before the season starts. But um uh, just trying to build off what we built off last year. I think uh, there was no major moves like where we didn't you know, we didn't trade a bunch of assets to bring that in or 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 anything like that. So it's uh basically building off what we built off last year and I think it shows uh it shows some trust in the players, in my opinion, mm-hmm. yeah, the players we have there now. That's that's my uh, opinion on it. But, um, you know, we got to go out there and prove it and continue to take the next step forward.
1: Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say, too. It's just that they trust the group of guys they have now. They've accrued that youth that they wanted, and now they're just going to run with it now. So um, it's looking good next couple of years. I'm excited, as, as every Ranger fan, and I'm sure you as well.
2: Yep, as they should be. I'd say as they should be. That's not even being biased. That's just uh, yeah. be that good things coming. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so we're gonna move into like sort of a little bit of rapid fire questions, and then we'll go into fan questions, and then we'll let you go. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on the Liberty jersey. Um, there's a lot of fans wanting it to come Unbelievable,
2: hundred yeah. percent. Bring it back. I don't even have to let you finish the question. Bring <laughs> Let's, that go. Jersey back.
1: Let's go. Let's go.
0: Going to be the sponsor for for Liberty Jersey. Should it, be, should it be like remodeled, or should it just be like like the exact same one that they wore in like two thousand five, two thousand six?
1: Uh, it
2: doesn't matter to me, but I, my friends, uh, I'm buddies with the guys that, that run Blue York, they do a real good job. I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. know Blue York. Yeah, uh, they came up with a couple retro jerseys there, like models, and they were really nice looking. So, I'm I'm a fan of whatever has the Statue of Liberty on. it. I think that's one of the coolest logos. Even when I hated the Rangers growing up, it was <laughs> one of the it was one of the coolest logos that you could see. You know, when, when they wore that, so I would love to see it come back, but uh, we'll see. We have we have a lot of good ideas, but none be better than that, in my opinion.
0: You look pretty good. Someone photoshopped you with the jersey on, and you look pretty good with it, with you repping that jersey. Yeah, I
2: like it. It was real yeah. nice.
0: All right, so okay, I'm going to, like, spit off some rapid-fire questions. These are all Italian-based. So uh, what's your favorite Italian dish?
2: Uh, like seafood pescator, be it. Nice.
0: Uh, does pineapple belong on pizza? No, next question. No, nah, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead uh... that
2: one. I mean, I, I don't even own pizza, but I, I've had it. One, what is it? Hawaiian? Hawaiian pizza. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not bad. I mean, I've had it before. It's not, it wouldn't be one of my top choices at all, but it's all right. Like I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It, it could belong on pizza.
0: Good. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, what's the best pizzeria you ever went to?
2: Ever went to? Uh, it's a tough one, man. I'm trying to think. Um, I, I, I like John's what, in New York.
0: New York? Okay.
2: Someone. yeah john has been good in new york we don't have i'll tell you what uh, philly pizza is not great that's for sure philly like i think philly pizza might get a little overrated but uh even new york pizza i mean it's it's uh, maybe i'm missing spots so anybody listening to this episode feel free to uh, feel free to send a spot my way because i don't the pizza in new york is good but i haven't been like oh my god i gotta go to this place every day i got one for you so,
0: go ahead uh this one's in central jersey it's in skillman it's called new world pizza the only reason yep. I'm saying it is because my parents own that pizzeria.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having something coming for it. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Don't worry. All right. Awesome.
0: That's what I like to hear.
1: <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you about dark chocolate. I saw an episode on your pod. You literally just, they asked you three favorite chocolate bars, I think, and you just threw out like three dark chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah,
2: I love dark chocolate. That's, uh, I always have. My dad and I, my dad, maybe I got it from him but uh, we always had dark chocolate like even now you know i've been uh, trying to cut back any bad eating so i changed it up but like the snack now like a cheat snack almost is like dark chocolate almonds or dark chocolate raisins something like that so uh, i'm a big big dark chocolate fan. i'm not a, like i don't mind milk chocolate but if you had to give me a choice between two it's not even close hmm. all right
0: all right interesting all right so uh, we'll transition to our fan questions our first one is from and if I mispronounce any of these names, I sincerely apologize. Uh, I'm not the greatest at this, but these are from Instagram at Mr. Kania Collector, who has the best slash worst pregame playlist in the locker room.
2: Well, we only have one, I believe. I think LeBue runs it. It's okay; it's pretty good. I like some of it. I'm not into rap music, so anytime the rap comes on, uh, that's not my thing. But um, I like, you know, all the other stuff—the techno or whatever you want to call it is is good he does a pretty good job but i would say he has the best and any of the russians would have the worst because you don't <laughs> understand anything that, you, know, you wouldn't understand a thing that they're putting up so uh, that'd be uh does a pretty good job
1: there's no country in the locker room is there
2: i like country but no, not not really the four games it's kind okay. of more upbeat anything anything yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of remixes
1: okay I, gotcha. but you
2: know what i don't know i, I like music i love music but i don't know anything about all the remixes and all that kind of crap so <laughs> i'm uh i'm definitely on the DJ.
1: Understood. All right,
2: next
0: one, Jack. thirty-four. Favorite defenseman to be paired with.
2: Favorite defenseman paired with, well, my old partner Mark Stahl. So Aww. that's uh, I ain't gonna I ain't getting rid of Stahl's United. We were we were we were close for a long time. So I'll keep Mark. All
0: right. Uh, the next question is from Colby underscore seven. He asked, "What was your favorite goal this season?"
2: I've been asked that a couple times. It's a good question, actually. But uh, the overtime goal against Minnesota was cool. But I, I really did like the Islanders but I came out of the box, and scored against the Islanders off- right. on Long Island, Sick. and wow. it was a uh, wild, wild crowd those games. So I had to go with—I think I had to go with that one. But there's a there's a couple of good ones. So it's tough. I'll go with the Islanders today. I might yeah, change by tomorrow. A, <laughs> that was a good one. I remember that one. That
0: was awesome. Six snipe. Uh, next That's like one. You. <laughs> of course the next one is from laugh season underscore season with um how many one two three, what's that last laugh,
2: laugh season
0: laugh season as in oh LAF, you got we
2: got Laf- a big one big fan La- on our <laughs> here. yeah i know it's lafrenia yep, i know what it is
0: <laughs> okay he asked, of course have you reached out to laugh yet <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> yeah i have and uh good kid seems like he's real excited to get there but Letting him enjoy his summer, letting him enjoy his stuff. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> blow him up. I'm gonna try to get him on the podcast, soon. know, once we get going, I'll tell you that. Oh nice. Give oh, nice. last season something to, uh, something to look forward to, maybe. All
0: right. Uh the last question's from Freddie C uh, twenty six. most memorable moment as a ranger.
2: Most memorable moment as a ranger. That's a good question. Um Damn. That's real good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay.
2: You know what? I think uh both uh, both parents' trips has been real cool for me so far. okay We yeah. had two uh two, two parents' trips. My dad came on one, my mom came on the other. And that's kind of uh that kind of puts it all together for players as uh you know, you get to play in the NHL, you're living living your dream per se, and then you know, your parents get to come out there and do it with you for, for a two or three game slate. So those are uh those have been some of the most fun times in the last two years. So I'll go with uh I'll go with that one.
1: That's awesome. You went with a wholesome answer. I thought you were going to go with your hat-trick I gonna, against yeah, the... I was just
2: about to use the same exact word, <laughs> wholesome, the wholesome answer. I was going to say – Yeah, like... you know, the hat-trick, is, as fun as the hat-trick was and stuff, I think that the overtime goal against Minnesota was, you know, the one in, in Toronto – I like scoring in road rinks. I like when the road fans okay, hate okay. you. So, uh, you know, as much as I love scoring in the garden, when a road fan when, – when you get to shut up a boo or something or, you know, the other BS of the crowd, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome, all but right. there's nothing all like right. playing in the garden when you get to shut people down. It's it's just as good. <laughs>
1: all all right, right,
0: man. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's all the questions we have for you. We're thankful that you came on. Thanks for coming on, Tony.
1: Yeah, we appreciate yeah, your time, man. No
0: problem. Thanks
2: for taking care of the fellas too. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much, man. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Stay tuned for more New York Rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our Instagram at theboysandblue94. We'll see, see you all next
1: mine. time. You don't have to go
0: home, but you can't stay here.
2: I know who I want to take me home.